Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 21. And I read, Know that I have already obtained all this, or I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing that I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that's true God will make clear to you. Only let us lead up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have as, as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you, before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious. Praise God. We continue with the series we've been doing uh, Philippians. For those who are visiting us from the beginning of the year. And uh, last week we took a break. And it was wonderful to hear from Pastor Jackson speak about remaining in the true vine. And we thank God for that. Today we are looking at pressing on towards the ultimate goal. Pressing on towards the ultimate goal. Uh, the Christian life has been compared to a journey. And I remember this at the beginning when I was preaching uh, for uh, the first sermon I preached uh, at the beginning of February. We were looking at pressing on uh, in the company of other pilgrims. And that gave us a whole definition of who we are as Christians, that we are in a journey. We are in a race. Uh, a marathon, you may call it. We are in a battlefield fighting. Some are crawling, walking, uh, but we are heading somewhere as believers. And, and, and today, I want to speak to you who you have accepted Christ and you are on this journey. But I pray that for anyone who has not made that decision, that you will make the decision to really, really follow Christ and to be really, really in this journey. You know, when you decide that you are here, you are here, that you will be able to just have a meeting with yourself, pull yourself into a meeting to ask yourself, 
Am I truly in this journey? And that the Lord will help us that as we walk through this journey, that ultimately we'll be able uh, to get the prize. Amen? And so there are many metaphors that have been used to indicate or to define this journey that we are in as, as believers. But one of the things that come very clearly is that there is an effort that is necessary or is needed for us to be able to continue in this journey. You don't join into the journey and sit. There is something that is expected from each and every one of us. There is an effort and, 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 and the scriptures remind us that we need to work on our salvation with fear and trembling. You know, it's not a playground. Uh, and playground, I mean, it's not a place to jog. But it is a place where it's a serious, life-changing decision that you made to accept Christ. And that is followed by you putting in the effort that is needed for you to be able to continue in this journey amidst the many challenges. There is the danger of getting tired. There is the danger of wanting to keep up. The danger of being frightened by persecutions and difficulties and stopping what one is doing and even more challenging uh, is the danger of one having the complaints that they have arrived. You know, it's, it's already dangerous. And I remember giving an example of the, the, the movie, The Pilgrim Progress. There are so many challenges that we are facing. And those dangers are there facing us and could slow us down and cause us to, you know, want to give up, want to, uh, it's, it's, it's tiresome. Can I really make it? Want to want to question yourself, want to doubt this God. There are so many things that are facing us as we are on this journey. But more to it is the danger that I have arrived. Because it is an attitude thing. And that the Lord has to deal with it. For you to think, ah, in a thicker. And that is when the scriptures say, watch carefully. When you think you have arrived, dropping down or falling down can be instant, instantaneous. It is from verse 12 that we got our theme for the year. And I hope you've been able to interact with that theme. Press on. And we have been looking at this theme from different angles and the things that are required as we continue to press on. A very important aspect in our Christian journey because if we lack it, the lack of pressing on, as I see that, leads us to giving up. And today as we look at pressing on towards the ultimate goal, and to help us to just internalize this, I want us to picture a race. And it's beautiful that Reverend uh, Majid, I'm sharing this, and I come from the Ricky Valley. And yes, I want to share that uh, once upon a time, I used to be, <laughs> I used to be a runner. Mukimbiz. Mukimbiz. Lakini ni mukimbiati. Because 
reality. Um, and so I want us to preach our race. And this journey, you know, think of a race. And in a race, there are so many people who are involved and so many things that are involved for a race to be successful. But I want us today to look at three things. And I want you, as you picture that race, picture a race with hurdles. And I want you to, I want us to look at three things. Number one, the hurdler. Hurdler. Number two is the hurdles. And number three is the hope. And I want to teach us one word uh, so that next time you come, you don't seem too busy. A Greek word. Can we all say labat? Can you say it nicely? It's a Greek word, so say it nicely. You know the way we pronounce French words with, with gist. So even this one is a Greek word. Can you say labat? Does it sound Greek? <laughs> Another one. Can you say labater? And I believe 
that he was aware of the things that were required of him for him to be able to run that race successfully. But more to it, he was aware that it was his role and effort for the race to be successful. There is the part of arranging the race and organizing it and the shoes that people talked about and every uh, investment, the budget, the things that were put in place for that race to be able to take place. But if he was not there to run the race that morning, if he had said that he will not wake up into the race that morning, would the, would the race have happened really? No. So he realized the importance of him to be there, to run the race, towards breaking the record, which was the ultimate goal. And that was very clear to him. And Paul here is bringing in the important aspect of us realizing that we are the people who are running the race. We are the Labatindet. We are the ones who are running the race. And this I choose to call today the Hadla. Because in this race you are not just running. But we will be looking at the many things that comes uh, with the race. And Paul sees the eye in the race. He sees himself with new eyes. He receives a spiritual understanding and the responsibility that he has in pressing on. And he understood that this depends on me. Others may play part. They may cheer you on. They may send you words of encouragement on Twitter. They may actually sometimes discourage you. They may tell you how you are not going to make it. You know how probably your, your feet, you are not fit for the race. They would be there to discourage you. Situations and circumstances may play part. But at the end of it, you are the one who will decide to either run the race or not run the race. You know, when you have a child and you are talking to them and giving them guidance, you might even choose, probably they have, they're struggling with something. You might even choose to take them to the best doctors in town, psychologists or wherever. But if they do not allow themselves to be the people who, for us Christian is the Holy Spirit, but sometimes for those who are not born again, for them to personally come to a place where they call themselves into a meeting and decide this is what I want in my life. All those counseling and everything that has been done will be arrested. They will others, people who will eventually have to make the decision to either follow what they've been taught or they've been told or the advices they've been given or still to choose something else. We have a responsibility to play part in the decisions that we are making in this race. And so in verse 12, Paul realizes this because there is a time when he thought he had it all. There is a time when he thought he had arrived when he was the Jew, the Hebrew of the Hebrews, when he was the one who persecuted the Christians, when he was the one who thought he had everything that pertains righteousness, he followed the law to the latter. And we looked at that the last time we were looking at chapter 3 from verse 1 to 11. He had his qualifications ready. But in verse 12 he tells us, no, 
happen in his life for him to rightfully run the rest the way it is required. Brothers and sisters, I tell you today, you can encounter the Lord, yes, but if you do not choose to allow the Holy Spirit to do something in your life, you will be sitting down and not moving. And Paul realizes this and says, I need to set aside the Hebrew or the Hebrews and all that, and I need to begin afresh, realizing that I have not obtained it all. And he speaks this as an apostle. So this is somebody who had grown, he had served, but he says, no, I haven't obtained it all. I still have a distance to go. Philippians chapter 4 verse 3 says, there is a reason why Christ won me for himself, possessed me, and for that reason I ran the rest to attain it too. Verse 10, help us to understand that. That there is a reason why Christ died for us. And he says this, know that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Christ, he understands, has already done his part. He has already taken hold of you. But you need to make a decision to press on that you may take hold of that which is yours. He has done his part. And he is not forcing you into it. He is not dragging you into it. He is not calling you into a relationship where tomorrow when you choose to step out of it, you are killed. But he's calling you into a journey where you need to make a personal decision and to understand that you are the player in this. You know, those who are to move in the sterile in this. Verse 13. Yet to have taken hold of it, made it my own. And so he understands that he's yet to do that. And he says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me and straining. Remember, straining. I said there's some energy and effort that is needed out of you. Straining towards what is ahead of me. Pressing on towards what is ahead of me. If you look back, there is a possibility of being caught in your past, the fears. If there is a possibility of looking and seeing the enemy closer, closely pursuing you and wanting to give up. There is a possibility of being afraid again. There is a possibility of being a pillar of salt because you are looking back when you are not supposed to be looking back. And I remember growing up in our village, one day there was a time we were playing outside somewhere and without the knowledge of our parents, we were called into a certain home. Two girls, myself and a friend of mine, and we were told, you know, come. We want you to wear this, you know. They were made out of calabashes. You wear them around your ears. And you go around a certain tree seven times singing a song. And we were singing for moms. <laughs> you know moms? Yes, we were singing for moms. 
because the daughter of that bomb had marks. But you have to look for these two innocent girls. And you were taught a song. You know, this is the beauty of being here. I can sing Greek and, and a few people will understand. And we sang around that tree. And the, and the, and the calabash earrings were swinging around our, you know, our, our cheeks. And this girl was following behind us. And then we were told to remove, throw those things uh, to the tree and run and not look back. If we look back, the car with anyway, I, I don't know if I've practiced witchcraft in my life, but probably I did at one point. <laughs> but in my innocence, probably I practiced such thing. And we ran home, and I went home panting and wondering, you know, we were told to do this and that, and you know, the story was longer than that. But we were told, run and don't look back. Before, because if you look back, she will not get healed. This was a small girl. And then next day we were curious and we came and we asked, is she well? And we found her, she was okay. <laughs> now, I'm not sending people to the witch doctors. <laughs> but in our innocence, the Lord still performs a miracle, amen? But the whole aspect of you are in a journey run and do not look back. Do not look back because when you look back, there is something you are going for. And Reverend Majid said today, there are things in our culture we need to drop them. Others, because now we know there is a God who is our ultimate healer. No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom. Luke chapter 9 verse 62. And so verse 14 says the price is what keep us preoccupied. And Paul says this, it is what is keeping him preoccupied. And call, God called him to his own. And he desires the crown of righteousness. He desires the unfading crown of glory. Names written on the forehead. The blood that is cleansed, that, 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 that never ceases. The unending presence in, uh, before the Lord. The privilege to worship him. To see him face to face. And finally, 1 Corinthians 2 9 says, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. And so we see this, that as a huddler, as a runner, as the one on the race, you need to understand yourself, to have a reflection on who you are to do a self-examination, to truthfully judge if you are in the race, and if you are in the race rightfully, and if you are doing the things that are required uh, and your attitude is right for people who are in the rest, then number two, you need to know what is required of you for you to be able to press on. You need to keep focus on, the, on, on, on your ultimate uh, price. But lastly, you need to understand the value of the ultimate goal. Praise be to God. If a hard life as a runner, you do not understand that, I don't know what kind of a race you'll be running to. Oh, I'm going to heaven. Okay, tell me, what is it about heaven? Give me more details so that I may run with you. And you're like, ah, heaven, heaven. You know, you do not understand. And so you need to understand that and say, you know, that glory, you know, that which they say, no, I have seen. I want to be a partaker of that. The glorious riches that the Bible talks about. And we can understand more about this heaven. 
when we we interact more with the scripture and know what is the ultimate goal that I uh, uh, that is the reason for me to run this race. Number two are the uh, hurdles. The hurdles. These are the things that are standing on your way. The things that you need to climb over, jump over, you know, go beside it as you run the race. For you to be continue, for you to be able to continue in the race successfully. These are things that you need to grow out of. Probably habits or characters or things that are, that are holding you back. Every race has seen and has seen hurdles. And we need, as a, and what we need as a hurdlers is to know that even when the course seems clearer, our kind of hurdles as believers are not always in front of us the way it is on a normal race. The devourer is strategizing from any angle and is always looking for ways to devour us, to cause us not to finish the race well. Some of the hurdles that the scripture or Paul highlights uh, from verse 15 to 19 are this. Spiritual immaturity. He says all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And so spiritual immaturity can cause us not to attain. And what is spiritual maturity, you may ask yourself. And it begins when you receive Jesus Christ in your, in your heart and you allow him to help you grow. Because for you to attain maturity, you have to grow into it. You have to grow in different ways in your journey. You have to grow in your obedience. You have to grow in your walk with God. There should be an evidence of your growth. The fruits that are coming out of you should be those that are evidently showing a journey of a mature Christian. Hebrews chapter 5, 14 says, solid food is for mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice of distinguishing good from evil. It is a practice, it is a daily thing that we do. You can't be reading your Bible today and read it at the end of the year. It is something that is there. It is a Christian discipline. It's prayer and fasting. It's a Christian discipline. Something that you need to keep doing it for you to attain maturity. Because immaturity can be an adult. Number two from verse 15b is the different attitude. And this is what he's saying. And if some of you think differently, that too, God will make it clear for you. And so our attitudes can be unhandled. It can be an hindrance in this journey that we are running in. Verse 16, failing uh, not to live up to what you have already attained. That which you have been revealed, that which has been revealed to you being responsible in the decisions that we make. The different Christian disciplines, thought out and maintained lifestyle. And John Stone says, calls it, an individual believer is free to work out a rule of thought and behavior in light with the word of God. You come into a decision saying that I need to live my life this way and it is in line with the word of God. Without that, that in itself can be an hurdle for you. 
Verse 17 says, lack of the right people, the right role models. And Paul in himself says this, uh, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. You know, Christ came, suffered, you know, taught us, and he was crucified, resurrected, and went to heaven. But he allowed other people to go through the same things so that we may have other people to look at. When you're rolling a product into the market, you first test the market. For you to be able to see whether it is a product that is relevant, that is needed, and all that. And so Jesus came, but before us, there are people who have gone. And we can look at them and they have gone through it all and successfully gone through it. And now we can see, even as we can do that. And Paul says, I am here. As he said, follow me as I follow Christ. In many parts of the scripture, he says, imitate me. I am sure for those who are in business, you have role models, people you look up to in your line of business. Those who are in school, you have people you look up to. Even as you study, we all have someone we are looking up to. The question is, what kind of a person is that? Who is your role model? In our Christian faith, we have people who have been misled because they have looked at wrong people, people who have taken advantage of them and be used by the enemy to devour people. I remember the, the preacher in, 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 in Uganda, a story that has been told over and over of, you know, telling the people that, you know, Jesus is coming soon and he actually is coming on this particular day and he takes a whole congregation, locks them in a church and burns them. Because we are always misled when we do not interact with the right people, when we do not know our scriptures. And Paul says this, join together in following my example. Find someone who can mentor you. Find a growth group you can belong for you to be able to interact with the scriptures. Because the lack of that can be an hindrance. He also speaks of the enemies of the cross in verse 18. Remember, last time we talked about the Judaizers. Those who destroy the flesh. Those who are leading you astray, teaching you the wrong doctrines as I have said. He said, for I have often told you before, now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ Jesus. And you need discernment to be able to tell that. You need the Holy Spirit to help you, for you to be able to figure out the right people to guide us, to lead us into righteousness, even as we run the race. Other gods can be an hindrance in the rest. Verse 19. The destiny of those enemies of the cross, he says, their God is the stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind, their mind is set on earthly things. And you can see how nowadays we tear earthly things. We compromise on the values of Christianity. We've given into the things of this world. We've excused little corruption here and there, and so many things that there are little forces that are eating up the vineyard and destroying us. And Paul says this with tears that you need to take care of those 
Remember earlier, he says, I have no confidence in the flesh. He says their destruction is the is stomach. Destructive goals. He says they will be destroyed. And so our goal is the ultimate goal. But their goal, we are told, it is destructive. The hope. Verse 20 and 21. You know, one of the beautiful things about scripture is that it is able to lay out the things that we need to deal with, but at the end it points you to the things that you need to do. And so as a hurdler who is running this race, as you jump through those hurdles, Paul does not leave us there, but in verse 20 and 21 he says, but our citizenship is in heaven. Praise be to God. And we eagerly await our Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like glorious bodies. What a beautiful message that Paul gives us. That as we understand the rest, and know that we are the ones who are playing or the players in this race, that we should not just be hopeless, but we need to fix our eyes on him who will come and help us to realize our citizenship that is in heaven. As much as you would want to stick around and desire to be here, there is more desire to that, and it's the desire to be called to go back home. You know, where we belong. I can imagine how Miguna Miguna felt when he couldn't come back to Kenya, to his own home, home country. When he had to be returned halfway in the journey. And I remember when we were at our sister Miss Nation, somebody gave us a story of a bus. That we are on this bus, and when the bus stops, somebody has to alight. Someone, some people have to alight. And so as we are on this journey, we need to be ready for our destination. And so our Lord Jesus Christ will come for us. We just don't know when. But we are eagerly waiting. Or, or rather, I'm eagerly waiting. How many of us are eagerly waiting? We are eagerly waiting that we may go home. Even inside today, right now, here in this pulpit. How ready am I that I will be able to join him? And Paul puts an excitement and an answer and some, an attitude of urgency and, and desire to just want to go home. But he says, even as we do that, we need to remember the enemies of the cross are heading to destruction and they want to take us along with them. But ours is an ultimate home to win an ultimate prize. And that is our hope. My hope to make it home. My hope that as I live my journey on, on earth, that I will be able to make it home. And I hope this is your hope also. My hope is in Christ Jesus, who is my Savior, who will come for me one day. I pray that this is your hope also. Our patience as we eagerly wait. Show that we are grateful for the cross. And as we wait, 
It is expected that we continue to press on. Our hope is in him who is all-powerful, whose power is effective and is able to bring everything under his rulership. Our hope is in him who is in his power he will transform our lowly bodies. These bodies that we seem to value so much says he will transform our lowly bodies and he will give us glorious bodies. And so my dear brothers and sisters, watch and pray. Watch and pray so that you may not fall into temptation. Romans 7, 18, it says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so as a runner, when you understand that the flesh is weak, you watch and pray. It says he will make our bodies glorious. He will help defeat the flesh when he appears, and we will appear in him in glory. Colossians chapter 3, verse 4. And the things that we need to look at, Romans chapter 7, 18 says, For I know that, uh, that good itself does not dwell in me. That is, in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do, I do not want to do. This I keep on going, doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that has it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind, and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, at which, at work within me. What a wretched man I am! What will rescue me from this body that is subjected to death? And Paul gives us hope and says it is the Lord Jesus Christ when he comes to transform these lowly bodies and give us the glorious body. What kind of a race are you now? What kind of a labatinus are you? How is your race? Despite the challenges and the hurdles that you are facing, are we able to fix our eyes on the price? Do you understand the value of your price? May the Lord minister to us, even as we run the race. Let us pray. Our God and our Father, like Paul would say, what, what a wretched body am I? As we run the race, Lord, our desire is to fix our eyes on you. Our desire is that we may not lose sight of the cross. Our desire is that we may be the kind of hardness who understand the rest, who understand the hurdles that are facing our way, Sometimes so hard they hit us that we fall down. Yet you are there to pick us up, oh God. And we want to thank you. And Lord, we want to pray that would you help us that we will understand that our hope is in you. You who is all powerful. You who is ready to transform these lowly, lowly bodies 
and give us a glorious body. We surrender to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you very much. Uh, God works in mysterious ways. Sometimes we don't understand, but in the fullness of time, He makes His purposes in the Lord bless. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore.